Say What? Say What Radio Show. With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And welcome to the Say What Show. I am about to uh, bring these people in. Lee Brown is going to be here, and she messaged me and got me all off on my timing. Shame, shame, shame. Okay, here we go. I can actually... Uh, well, we got Dolly with us. Uh, hi, Dolly. Oh, I was afraid to talk. I was trying to find the mute button. Well, that's all right. I had you muted. Um oh. I'm hoping that, yes, Lee's here now. She sees it, I guess. Lee, you can unmute yourself. Well, I saw Christia uh, said she'd be right back. Oh, I forgot something. Right. Right. Hi, Lee. Hi, Lee. Hey, Nancy. Okay, you got, you, you got, what? I don't know, your voice sounds weird. <laughs> Dogs barking and no Lee. Lee. She sounded to, far away. Oh. I had to mute and she sounds of the dogs. Let's see if we can get better. Well, okay. You need to get your microphone closer to your face or something. You're kind of weak. Weak? Oh my God! Yes. What? Any better? Um. Dolly, what are you thinking? I, I don't think so. This is weird. Test one, two, three. Now you've somebody's put their uh, their video up. I think it was Christia. Oh, okay. She accidentally probably hit the wrong thing. Is Christia with us now? Yeah. Hi, Christia. Oh. Hi. Okay, Christia's with us. <laughs> Hi, Christia. Hi. I had to run to the restaurant. How are you? Really quick. <laughs> I, I figured that. I figured that. I was like, oh, there we go. <laughs> but you're good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, okay, so um, this is the Say What Show. It's July 24th, 2021. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me, we have Dolly, Dolly Howard, and we have Christia Cummings-Slack, and we have Lee Brown. So, I am very happy. I'm trying to put this up so that... Are we live? Okay. Yes. Oh! <laughs> yes. Well, okay. Oh, hey, there's Fernando. Hi, Fernando. Okay, somebody's put their video back up. All right, there it goes again. Or somebody taking pictures of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> hey, audience, we're here, sort of. We'll get it together, probably. We normally do. Hi, Fernando. I only know that you're there because she said that. I am not looking at the, at the chat. Um, everybody in chat, thank you for being here. Everybody listening, thank you for being here. Um... Okay, so we can start with Dolly because Dolly likes to update the uh, stories of the dog, Lolly. There's Infinite. Oh, she's here. Infinite is here. I am assuming her name's in there. 
Um, Lolly was really funny. It's not me. Fernando says it's not me. <laughs> I don't know who it is, but they took his name. So, um, Infinite, she, uh, Lolly actually barked. Um, Russell went into Annette's bedroom to talk to her, and usually at the nighttime we all head to our bedrooms, and if we have something to say to each other, we go to that room, that person's room. That's just the way we always were. We're all dressed. Nobody, there's nothing going on bad. Yeah, she barked. So Russell's really sick. Um, he's better now, but he still sounds terrible. But he's better. He cooked tonight, and he hasn't even been opening his eyes or moving, laying on the couch. So he went in to talk to Annette last night. Lolly was in there. She got between Annette and Russell and started barking at Russell because he said something. But he doesn't sound like himself because of his scratchy throat. He he doesn't sound at all like himself. And she didn't like that at all. So she barked. <laughs> and then um, Furlock was being naughty. He came in with a baby frog in his mouth, and I shoot him out of the bedroom and said, Russell, take care of your cat, because he's an inside-outside cat. So then he came in with a little uh, salamander in his mouth. Oh, I'm telling you, I don't like having inside-outside cats. I like inside cats. But he uh, he came into my room. And I said, Furlock, you're not supposed to bring those things in Grandma's room. And he looked at, looked up at me and he said, why? Furlock talks English. He says, why? Yes, no. Uh, what else did he say? Why, yes, no. Screw you, lady. Yeah. <laughs> He says that very well without even talking. <laughs> but um, that's uh, English, our English, yeah, accent. <laughs> we, Annette and I think he's an alien in the cat body <laughs> or, or an alien cat, but he really isn't of this world with the things he does and the way he he talks. There's one more thing. Oh, I wanted to tell you all that I Russell found the ingredients to make homemade hydrochloroquine. I can't know what it is. Hydrochloroquine. Yeah, that was it. And so uh, he peeled up the grapefruits and the lemons and I cooked the stuff all day that day. Well, the three hours, and then you cool it two hours. And I did all that part and put it in two canning jars. 
and put one in the freezer and one in the fridge. We've been using two teaspoons twice a day since I made that on Thursday. Also, I looked up, I knew when the kids were babies, I used carol syrup when they got sick like that. So, um, I uh, looked it up on the internet and found a simple, easy gargle that uses the carol syrup. And it's, it's six ounces of water, so I put that in an eight-ounce glass uh, jar, a measuring jar. And then I add the baking soda, the salt, and I can't remember what the other one is. So I do have the uh, recipes for those if anyone wants. I know how to put it, my file, in the chat room now. And you can have it and print it if you want it. But uh, if nobody says they don't want it, I won't put it in there. Boy, that was bad grammar all the way around. If no one tells me they want it, I won't put it in there. That's better grammar. And um, that's all that I have to say at this moment in time. I reserve time for if I have something later. (laughs) Okay, I have to... um, I wasn't going to say anything to you because if you believe in something, it's probably going to work. But... That is not the recipe for hydrochloroquine. It's a recipe for something that may be helpful to you, but it's not hydrochloroquine. We looked this up when it first came out. That's why we went and got the, um, had Walt make the uh, tone for quinine. Because hydrochloroquine does not come from lemons and grapefruit. It comes from a plant that creates quinine. Well, and it's the quinine that is hydrochloroquine. That's not quinine. Don't tell Russell. I won't tell Russell. Okay. I wouldn't tell anybody, but you had to give the recipe online, and I don't want to misinform people. Okay. However, you did have a good result from it. So, I mean, the fact that you've got all that citrus and, and everything else that goes into it, you know, is beneficial. But... Um, if you want, if okay, if, if quinine is very dangerous, okay, yeah, you can do some bad things with quinine. We don't recommend things that aren't energetic because energy doesn't get us in trouble because the authorities would say, well, you're crazy people talking about energy. If we're talking about, you know, chemistry, then, oh, we're going to put you in the FDA lockup. Um but energy is it's self-regulating. Yes, you can get too much of an energy, but when you're dealing with tones, with energetic tones, it's pretty self-regulating. So if you go, you're on the chat room, go down the chat, and you're going to see a graph. It looks like a green graph. If you click on that, you're going to go to a whole series of audio energy sources which you know sound is vibration energy that one of them I think at the top you'll see quinine and there's two different versions of it I forget maybe I wrote it why but um, Walt had two different ones because one of them is kind of mm, not so easy to listen to I think and so he gave it a, a, 
a tweaking with the same basic frequency, but just something that's a little easier to look at. So, um, you know, you could probably take the quinine stuff that you think you made, uh -huh. you know, that, that mix, yeah. and you might be able to set it next to the phone and just have that tone play into it. Okay, because that will, the, 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 the energy of the tone will be captured in the water. The frequency of it will be captured in the water. So, if you're going to use her recipe, also connect it with a quinine. And then you got yourself maybe, you know, the cure for the common cold, for all we know. Well, I ask God to bless it. Well, that works too. God always works. Yes. <laughs> you know. But it seems uh, it works for his throat. Maybe it's well uh, the carol syrup. It could it could be. I it, mean, because carol like syrup I'm, just kind of lines the throat as it goes down. Yeah. And is he sounding better? We don't want to scare the dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, he still doesn't sound good. I mean, he was pretty bad, scaring me. Uh, so uh. he tries not to talk around her, but <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Okay, so you're done here? Yeah, you, so. You've told your... Okay. See, Christia, we have to let Dolly talk first because we get to talking and then we forget what we're doing and that we're supposed to let her talk. And then she's so polite. She's so damn polite that she won't interrupt any of us. But then when she does get a, a, the ability to speak, she kind of like chastises us because we wouldn't let her speak. So <laughs> that's why we always let Dolly go first now. My How are you doing? I've always said. If you interrupt people, that means you are disrespecting them, and you think that you are better than they are. So don't interrupt people. So I taught my kids that. I think I think that's true. I, I just interrupted you, you see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so stop talking, and let's talk to Christia here. Let's say, hey, Christia, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really, really good. And I love that, um, just kind of go back to what Dolly was saying. You're right. I think most cats are aliens. And um, whether or not that that's uh, the quinine mixture, that's all really, 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 really good healing stuff. And then God blessing it. And you could even probably write that word, you know, because Dr. Emoto um, really believed in, you know, uh, like she said, the vibration. So words have vibration. So you could write that word quinine uh, on that bottle as well when you put it next to the the sound vibration. Um, I, I, well, you could also put hydrochloroquine well, uh, on it. Or whatever. I whatever. This to ask God to bless it. That's yeah. too much work, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> So we have Lee Brown with us that I hope is going to be loud enough and that the dog has stopped chit-chatting. When she first got on here, Christia, all we heard was dog. I thought, yeah, she doesn't sound good. <laughs> the dog was that. Hey, you hear? Out. 
she's not been allowed outside today, so she thought she was all that in a bag of chips. Uh-huh. She's been un- uh-huh. has pancreatitis, it now turns out. So, we've been baby... Pancreatitis? Yes, it seems like it's a kind of a bad thing. Um, but we're doing what we are learning to do, and hopefully she will come around and we'll all be happy. Oh, but, um, uh, also, uh, honey for that sore throat, and my favorite thing is propolis. Buy a little squirt bottle of propolis, which is a bee product, and it really soothes the throat and stops coughing. So those are my thoughts for Dolly. Am I sound? Yeah, Dolly. Better? Yeah, thank you very much. Yes, yes, thank you, Lee. Oh, good. So far, what we've been doing is working. I can't complain. I, you know, I'm thinking there's quinine in um, in uh, soda water too. Because we add soda water at night in our beverages uh, to help with cramps. And quinine helps with cramps, I found out. So it's out there. Yes, I think that's true. Yes. I don't know how much quinine you have to drink in a... <laughs> how much tonic you'd have to drink to get enough quinine. But, hey, we're spiritual beings, first off. You know, we can do all this from an energetic standpoint. But... Once in a while, I do take a baby aspirin just for kicks. <laughs> well, we're spiritual, so, people, but we're driving around in these third-dimensional bodies. So, you know, until we evolve enough spiritually to create the desired effects, to make use of the 3D availability. There you go. From 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 a reverend, That's reverend knows. Is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and how have you been? We haven't talked to you in a while. Just remember the guy during the flood that was sitting on his roof. And the the cop came by and said, jump in the car and I'll save you. He says, oh, wait, God save me. And then the fire truck came by. Come on, hop on the fire truck, we'll save you. No, God will save me. The guy in the boat came by. Hop in the boat, I'll save you. No, God will save me. He's knocking on the pearly gates. He said, God, why didn't you save me? I sent the truck. I sent a car. I sent a boat. What did you need? Sometimes you got to do it yourself. How am I doing? Today yeah. was the dome-going party for my brother. So, uh, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. I'm breathing. I'm upright. I didn't get to go to the bar to celebrate it with him up in Baltimore. I, I, I let my niece and nephew know that the family gives full permission that his didn't have to be in some closed-off room in a, in a cemetery uh, by some stranger spouting things that he doesn't know about my brother, that they could just have it at the club he used to hang out at, and, in, and everybody could lift a toast to my brother. So that was today. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, Lee's brother went to the other side, what was it, the day before... Your birthday? Yes. Or the day before 4th of July. No, it was your birthday, right? No, he left, he left on the 3rd. On the 3rd, yeah. You, yeah. 4th of July Eve. Mama left New Year's Eve. Dad left Father's Day Eve. And Ra left 4th of July Eve. And I don't like to remember death dates. I just prefer to just love the person and think of them. But now they're, they're not letting me do that every time the holiday rolls. So anyway... Uh, 
I'm, I'm the last of that particular aspect of the Brown family now. And I'll tell you, one of the things I was hoping we would talk about this evening, I wanted to get some input from you gals, because I have my own philosophies and theories that perhaps will like, make room for me to share when it's time. But I would like to talk about afterlife. I would like us to talk about that if there is an appropriate time, maybe during the second half or something. Um, I would like to get y'all's input. My niece is having a horrible time, and I finally have convinced her that we don't really die. But she started pummeling me this morning before I could breathe uh, with wanting to know about why she can't feel him around her right now. And I sort of gave her my side of it, but I will be interested um, to hear input from you three. I would love to say something. Um, she, When people are in deep, deep grief, you know, spirit is subtle. Well, it can be, but it can be strong when it needs to be. But spirit is quite, quite can settle. And when you're in deep, deep grief, it it's like a wall. It's like an energetic wall, and it's yeah. very, very hard. And when and you know, grief can be physically painful, and it does take time for the human soul to be soothed back into spirit to be soothed back into the one and dependent on the person the soul dependent on that particular journey you know one of the best best books i ever ever read was um billy fingers the afterlife of billy fingers do you know about that book i haven't read that one yet I've got oh my god yet. oh my god it is it is phenomenal. It is the best book I ever read that actually describes some of my spiritual experiences that I've personally had that I never even told anybody, and they were in that book. So tonight, huh? <laughs> but you might tell us tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're so fun. So, um, so the afterlife of Billy Fingers is um, this lady. Her brother was Billy Fingers. That was I don't think that was his real name. That, but in real life, he was a whole, like he was a drug addict. He stole from her. He, you know, um, she was the one person in the family that he kept going to to get money to get to you know. Um, and she was a chiropractor, I do believe, at the beginning, and then she just felt compelled. Anyway, so he gets sober. And then he gets hit by a car, I think, and dies. So he actually comes back and tells her through a series of events, she begins to hear him and write. He really wants to share his personal experience of, of being on the other side. And he actually ascends um, or transitions. And then, it, it again, it is the most amazingly, um, it, it's such a really well-written book. And, again, it's the best book I've ever read that really describes what I believe, um, what I know to be true about the other side. Um, 
and I really, really resonated with it. And it really brought me some peace um, when I was struggling. Um, and then there's, you know, uh, but it, again, it's the afterlife of Billy Fingers. And you can e- actually get it at the library now. Well, what did he say? Well, he, it's, it's the whole book is his, is going through uh, his experience. So if I do believe there's like a life review and then he's like kind of taken, he talks about how we can't judge other people. Like, like he was an addict and he was like a terrible person and he stole and he, he said, you know, I needed to have those, my soul needed to have those life experiences um, for soul growth. He's like, you cannot judge people, you know, what they're doing in the 3D because you don't know what their soul contract is. And then there's a part in the book where he describes like this golden temple. And that's one of my personal experiences um, that I had one time when I was chanting. I like went to this like really beautiful peaceful i called it the temple of peace but it was like this big golden temple like all of a sudden i was like there and just filled with all this peace and light and unconditional love and he describes and i i think he you know it's been a while since i read the book it's probably been gosh it might have been because i read it when it very very first came out because i listened to her on a i think her name's annie I listened to her on a podcast, so it's probably been out a good, maybe, easily, probably eight years, maybe longer. So it's been a while since I read it. But I think that some, he has like a guide with him, or some spiritual being that kind of helps him. Um, anyway, so at first she's resistant to hearing him, and listening to him and um because she doesn't realize that that's what she's hearing so and it's also true i mean the book's also a really good book about learning to trust your own intuition learning to trust spirit working through you um because that's for her it's a you know it's a they those two soul contracted that when he would pass over she would channel the book you know she would share his personal journey um, and spiritually help others on their journey. It's again, it's a very powerful book. I'm wondering if I have it, if I have it in a PDF, I'd be happy to share it. Um, Let me look. Well, Dolly, Dolly's, I mean, she talks to dead people all the time. (laughs) Dolly, do you want to get in on this conversation? And what do you mean, talk to somebody? Or do you mean tell about my experiences over there? What, what, well, what? for instance, well, we, Dave. Experiences between everybody on this one, so. I'm sorry, you broke up. What was that again? I, I thought we'd have a plethora of experiences with this crew, so I'm I'm going to hear everybody's everything. I, I would like to share with her my experiences because 
I'm a real person. I don't think she's ready for somebody who can talk to the dead people yet. When she does, I'd be glad to try to contact who it is that she wants to contact. But if it's the brother, uh, uh, Lee's brother, he's not ready yet. Oh, her father? He's not ready yet. He's right. not done. He's not done with transitioning. Right. Okay. Well, I just my, put up the file. Oh, good. So Thank you. So it's there. If somebody, Lee, if you want to give it to her, if you, if somebody, you know, if you want to share it and share it with Chad, or right there it is. Well, the tough thing is she's not a reader, and when she and I first started talking, I was her crazy aunt, you know. And it's taken years of her having experiences of her own of various sorts that has caused her to listen to me a little bit. And um, as a matter of fact, this morning she texted me. She wanted to talk to me. I knew this was the day of the going home ceremony in bar. And uh, and so I, I wasn't breathing yet, so I couldn't respond to her. We played tag for a while. And when I finally caught up to her, I found out that what she was asking about was she felt like he was around her all week, almost like she could turn around and see him. And then all of a sudden, she can't feel him this week, and she feels like he's caught cast or adrift. And I tried to explain to her to a small degree, because she was busy trying to get the baby ready to get him going to the thing, that uh, he there, there are things that he does need to take care of over there. And even though there's not linear time, there is focus still. And that he's needing to focus on his own things. I said, but I told her, I said, don't begin in a moment to think he won't show up at the bar today. (laughs) Oh, this friend's come around to see him. He'll be there. Well, uh, I've been told by several of my medium friends, they all attend their own funerals. (laughs) And then they can concentrate on going through their transition period. So I'm sure he was there according to what they told me. Well, when my my cousin Tom, when he passed over, we went to a a celebration of his life type of thing. And my aunt was down in the the first pew, and I was sitting with her, and she had my hand, and honest to God, it took a week before my hand healed. She was holding it so tight. It was just like, you know, oh, God, you know, I mean, but, okay, you know, this is what it is. But when I when they started it up, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to the back. And she said, why are you leaving me? I said, because your immediate family should be sitting here with you. I'm going to be right behind you, you know, with my family. Well, we're all family. I said, relax, relax, you know. Your, your, your immediate family is going to be here. I'll be right behind you. So I get up and I leave. And my family is sitting in a pew, I don't know, maybe six, ten pews back. And there were two seats on the end. So I went and sat next to my sister, leaving a seat beside me. And then all of a sudden, I more or less felt and heard. I didn't see initially. It was a a whoosh, you know, and I felt this energy. And then when I turned, my cousin was sitting next to me. And so, you know, I didn't say anything to anybody about it. It was, I mean, he was there for the whole thing, you know, 
we'd look at each other and every once in a while and you know because a lot of people were saying good things about him and I'd give him the thumbs up you know cautiously so no other person could see me I didn't want people to think I was crazy and um, it was you know months and months later my aunt said to me I just wish that I knew that Tom was there for that celebration of his life and I said mm, yes he was he was sitting next to me and she was like what and I said he was sitting next to me Peg when I went back to the and sat down in that pew he came and sat next to me and so I explained it to her a little bit more and she said to me that, that, that's thank you that, that that's an extraordinary gift you just gave me I'm not sure she she believed me but I think that she wanted to believe me so much that she took that as a yes, he was there type of thing. But what I've learned over the years of bumping into people on the other side is that, first off, they don't come to you until they are ready. But secondly, even if they're ready and you're not ready, you're not going to perceive it. When you get open to it, you know, that any experience is, is fine, you know, I'm going to let my imagination go with whatever seems to be happening. I actually saw, Tom came to me before I ever heard he was dead. He showed up in front of me, and I said, uh, are you on the other side? And he's, yeah, yes. And I said, okay. You know, um, but I find that I get surprised. When, okay, you can imagine things, you know. Oh, I'm going to imagine that I'm talking to my cousin Tom. I imagine this and I'm going to imagine that. But when you know you're really having a true experience is when your imaginations, your imaginings make you laugh because somebody says something or does something that's unexpected. If you're making things up in your head, you're pretty much in control of the narrative. But when somebody always does something or says something to you that just absolutely you would not have even thought about that, it's confirmation for, you know, what's happening. So my aunt and I were extremely close. And she passes over, and so I'm like, okay, where's Peg? She hasn't shown up. Mm-mm, where is she? Mm-mm, hasn't shown up. Days and days go by. And it was about two weeks later, and all of a sudden, boom, she's in front of me. But she's in her old body, and she was like 93, so she was, you know, hunched over in old, old body. And uh, I said to her, I said, uh, Peg, I said, you know, you can be in a younger body. You don't have to be in this old <laughs> version of yourself. And she said, how would anybody know me? You know, and I'm going like, okay, that's true. How would anybody recognize her? I would recognize her because I knew her, knew her all my life, but, you know, her grandkids and stuff. And so now she shows up and she's always in her younger body. Yeah, I mean, she she's done that now. But um, as far as trying to tell your your niece what to, what to expect, you I think you really have to work on the fact that well, first off, you have to accept that it could be true. It could be true. But you don't know. But to let your imagination go. If something odd happens, I mean, a lot of people will get the indication that people are there because all of a sudden a butterfly flies into the house and lands on their, their shoulders. Is that a natural thing to do? No. 
it's the things that happen that are a little bit odd and they're trying to get your attention so if you say okay that was strange let me just sit here and let me see and then pretend pretend you're carrying on a conversation I have a friend of mine who was calling me every week and then he got the vaccination and um, and then I didn't hear from him again so and I can't get a hold of him uh, you know it's one of those up oh, gone and I've even looked up you know an obituary couldn't find one so when Steve started showing up I'm going like are you dead and you know it was like I knew that I wasn't getting a clear reading on him because there was something about not having an official declaration that he was dead that I didn't really want to sit there and on the toilet I happened to be on the toilet time talking to somebody that might be just a figment of my imagination um, I wasn't real comfortable with that because a lot of times people will get into uh, a state where they're near comatose or whatever and they'll go out of their body so you're seeing them you're sensing them but they're not on the other side so um, we know that we know your brother's on the other side so I say to say to you I would recommend to her that what she needs to do is talk to him but again like Dolly says there is a transition period and you know yeah right after it happens they seem to hang around you know you'll you'll feel them they'll hang around but then they like oh nobody's paying any attention to me and I do have this other business and so you know off they go um, it's tricky uh, especially if she'd been feeling him so intently and then all of a sudden doesn't that's like a double loss but uh, just explain it to her you know I, I think and hope that she gets it because, because what she's going for now is she wants more of a feel about what the other side is like and I mean I I have my own I said I have my own understanding opinion of it or whatever and oddly enough first thing this morning when I came out trying to get awake enough two stories short one um, I sat down out here and about three feet from my head is the butterfly stalk and the biggest fattest proudest most almost obnoxious cardinal showed up and stood right there and looked me in the eye and I looked at it and I said hi Raul because that's would be my brother you know he's just gonna be big and present and there and uh, looked at me again for a bit flew over to the fence turned his head around looked at me to make sure I saw him and I said I got you Raul I got you and he flew off didn't see him go wherever he went he was gone so fast for her behalf within a few days of his passing she found a dragonfly or damselfly she doesn't know the difference on the antenna of her car and she calls me immediately could this be a sign could this be a sign I said, well, what does dragonfly or damselfly mean to you? Well, it's the first tattoo I ever had, and Dad took me to go get that tattoo. So he held my hand the whole time I was getting a butterfly on me. I said, I think you can take that as a sign. But she's more concerned now. She's, <laughs> she's terribly concerned about 
what happens after. And I, I briefly explained to her about, you know, still being pretty connected here, being concerned. He was around. He was with her, um, just kind of easing her through it as best he could. And that probably at this point he's starting to take a look at the life review and, you know, paying attention to what he needs to but that he will always be there in the moments that you want him to be there. You just need to focus. But then she wanted to know, but what's it like over there? But what is what is he doing? Where is he going? So that's that was the conversation I was kind of throwing over, since I know Dolly has left us a few times, and I know that she has regular conversations with folks that have passed over. Um, my perception varies in the moment because... I, the, the one time God gave me the option, I said, I think I'd stick around. Um, and so I did. Um, uh, so as far as actually being on the other side, I've not. I've only been offered the opportunity. Um, I'm, have I seen it in meditation? Not sure. Um, but, you know, the general belief that you're greeted by someone who who cares about you greatly, whether that be... Jesus or Mohammed or whatever, his, her father, her grandmother, whoever, um, greet, greets you and, and kind of envelops you with the love um, and that you're given, you know, you have a space of time in which to sort of adjust to the change and then, and then it's time to do the review, to go back and and see not just what you saw, but what everyone else saw of you being there. So that you can really get all the soul wisdom out of it that you hope to get when you went. So, she's not ready for the hardcore version of that yet. But she she wants to know, what what is it like over there? What do they do? Where 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 do they go? I said, it's only about three foot above us from what I understand. <laughs> Just at a very high frequency. So again I throw I throw it back to y'all. I've got her I've got her convinced. I sent her I sent her several lines of life is eternal this morning, thinking that she was thinking that dead is dead. So I sent her, you know, uh, death is only a horizon, you know. And so she goes, no, no, I believe you there. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but I want to know. I said, well, there's one way to find out, but don't go there anytime soon. You've got a four-month-old. Well, you know, I think that, that the other side is a reflection of what you think it's going to be. Reality is what you think it's going to be. And if you, I remember reading uh, books, uh, I remember this one guy, uh, he, his, he was, his, was his uncle, passed over, and he started automatic, he'd never done any of this, and he started just automatic writing uh, descriptions from the, the uncle, and I mean, this was a sizable book, you know, about what he was seeing, what the uncle was saying he saw on the other side. And it was like, yeah, he says, he says, every, he says, apparently, every building that ever was that was destroyed is here. He says, there's Rush, uh, Russian, there's, there's Roman, there's Greek, there's all sorts of weird buildings around. And he said, they're used for schooling. 
people go to school they sit there and they listen and they you know and and, and it's just like okay you know that that sounds interesting but you'll hear other people people like um what was his name the guy that passed over because of the lightning struck da- damien 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 i think it is. Like that. Yeah. yeah and you know he, he he it was a brilliant because he went and came back um and three times i think it was and it was electricity that he got zapped with you know each time um so I think that to tell people, well, it's like this, I don't think we can do that. I mean, I remember people telling stories about getting to the other side and having, there was this one woman, she, and I think, Dolly, maybe you interviewed her. She had been, um, it was a horse accident, <laughs> Lee, um, and she had gotten, she was dead, and she was blue, and she thinks that she's been gone for you know, maybe days, and she was very, she met this person, they told her that, and all of this entire scenario of what happened, and it was only a matter of minutes because they revived her. But when they revived her, she had a a, a stunning recollection of where she had been. So I don't know that it's... That could have been Betty Eady. She wrote books on it. That's the I don't remember who it was. Not fine today was Betty Eady. I was trying to pull up books and see if anything would jump out at me, and Betty Eady seems to be hiding. But I've got Booty, oh. and I've got Danian, and I've got Brian Weiss, and I've got Morgiana. Yeah, Danian Brinkley, that's his name. Um, Danian. Did you spell it right? The Eady part. Well, I'm just just looking in my bookshelf. <laughs> oh, oh, in your bookshelf. Okay. In the afterlife stuff, and um, I even found a a book that I had read as a teenager, the the right to a good death. Um, even back the way back then, I was doing a workshop for people or euthanasia, abortion, euthanasia, and uh, um, suicide. They were the main topics of the weekend. It was a happy weekend. <laughs> uh, well, Daniel, uh, frankly, went farther over than anyone I've known of. And he would be able to say, she would learn more from what he says uh, about farther over. I could tell what what I experienced a couple different times, but uh, I if she wants to know more than, but I think she she was wanting to know both things at this point. She wants anything she can get her hands on. I would think. Yeah, and as as they now, Daniel, he says. It's a tale of a dark tunnel, a crystal city, a cathedral of knowledge where 13 angels shared with him 117 revelations about the future, 95 of which have already come true. Even though he now possesses the ability to read minds, no one believed his story of the spiritual transformation that changed his life, except others who had died and come back. Yeah, that's uh, the way it always is. 
that he was to use his new psychic gifts to help the dying. I met Danyan years ago at a, a Through the Veil event downtown here. He had a table in front of our booth. And Danyan, my experience of him, he wasn't present. Um, I even had someone come over to me and ask me. Well, I had a few people, but one I was very close to. She asked me, is he really here? Is that is that really Danyan? And I said, yeah, that's really Danyan. She said, is he really here? Because I can't feel him here anywhere. And so I'm not sure what's actually going on with him now. Well, the only person that we kind of asked that question about was Dave Corso. And we asked him, well, Dave, you've been spending all this time with us, but... What are you supposed to be doing? And he said, oh, I'm supposed to be figuring out what I want to do next, but I figured I wasn't going to decide that yet. <laughs> that and was since his then, he did decide. And he's doing it. But he, saw, he also said when he told us that first thing, he could be different places all at the same time. Yeah, my feeling is is that when you pass to the other side, you kind of like take on the persona of your higher self, your soul, whatever it is. But that that version, that that energetic version that rep- is represented in the earth plane in a physical body, that if somebody thinks about them, that all of a sudden they come back and they're in that body to us energetically. They just take on the, the different persona that the person knows does that make sense because I think they can bilocate well Dave is with me at the same time he can be with Nancy this has happened many times many as I will attest to yes well linear time is an earth plane construct that's one thing right. I was trying to explain to her, too, that I thought, ah, TMI, TMI. Um, yeah, when we're not in body, we don't have to buy into the whole linear time concept. We can be everywhere if we want. At least that's well, my belief. I'll, I'll share with if you want me to or when you want me to it. Or maybe Christia has some personal experience, too, she can share. It's all in what you want. I want Christia, are you want? <laughs> is Christia still with us? Yeah, I'm just listening. Do you have anything to add? Well, I, I mean, I definitely think this is an opportunity for a spiritual awakening for your niece. I definitely think. Uh, you know, you said she didn't want to read. You can get books on audio. But I think there's a part of you, as much as you can guide her, this is an, uh, it's like being cracked open. This is an opportunity for spirit to enter. And I think, um, and I'm just going to say a little prayers for her that, you know, that she is open to, you know, to 
the energy moving through her. And I do feel like, you know, you talked about school on the other side. My, I know my mother uh, is in school on the other side. She was not a good human. And when she, now she was a good human to the people that she liked. Don't get me wrong. But if she didn't like you, <laughs> she would go out of her way to make your life miserable. Um, it, really crazy. And um, when she passed, I uh, I knew she was going to pass. She died of cancer, aggressive, very aggressive. And before she passed, I did a lot of prayer work, uh, um, uh, uh, the um, the forgiveness prayers. I talked to her soul. I was not physically with her. She was in Indiana, and I was in Savannah. And we didn't have a really great relationship because I was one of those people that she didn't really like. Um, Now, my brother had a completely different relationship with her because she loved him. So, But before she passed, I did a bunch of forgiveness and just wished her well, and I opened a pathway of light that whenever she was ready, that she'd go in peace. And that I wished her nothing but peace. And that I really was glad that she was my mom because I'm sure on a higher level there's higher reasons for everything. And even though my human self didn't understand all the stuff I had gone through and the pain, but I know that there was a higher purpose for everything. And again, I forgave her and did all these prayers. So at the funeral, um, my mom's best friend came up to my brother and said, Diane was really grateful that her and Christy made peace, that Christy came and made peace. And uh, Davey, I'll just call him Davey because he'll always be Davey to me. Um, Davey says, uh, Christy didn't come to Indiana. Well, Diane said she did and that her, they had a really long conversation and she was so happy uh, that they had reconciled their relationship before she passed. And that was one of the last things she talked about before she passed. And so my brother calls me and tells me this. And I say, I said, you're not going to understand what I'm getting ready to say to you, but you are a 3D human confirmation that the energetic prayer work I did with mom before she passed was successful. And you are bringing this information to me as a 3D confirmation, and I'm so grateful. Um, And then I explained what I had been doing, and my brother was kind of blown away. He's always thought I was a weirdo, but he really was just kind of blown away by it all. But um, I do know I have several psychic friends, of course, and several medium friends. And uh, one of them in particular... uh, my mother did come through and said she was in school over there to be a better human um, the next time she comes back around. So I do believe that people do go to school because I'm sure she needed to go to school to be a better human. Um, so there, there's my two cents. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for that. That's, you know, sharing is, and that's all we can do for you, Lee, is share what we've, you know, our experiences. It's, it's, we're all connected, but we're all individuals, and the universe is so unbelievably 
creative that probably none of us take the same trip. My feelings. Well, that's it's always, you know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's a good thing to share with her, Lee, what, what Christy had just shared. She can talk with her father uh, when he's over there, and he can he can hear her. Um, I believe if he's in a place of his transition that he will be told uh, when there's an appropriate time what she has been saying. So what she says to him will get to him. Um, the last NDE I had, I, I saw my guardian angel who was nothing like what you would picture a guardian angel to be. And it talked to me and said, you will, you will be safe. Nobody will hurt you again. Uh, the, the doctor was hurting me pretty bad, and he wasn't listening to me, and I was conscious because they just gave me a local for him to do his... Uh, experimental rebuild uh, part of her heart thing. But I only saw the guardian angel at that point, and it was just long enough for them to call a code on me because I heard them uh, coding for me. And uh, the doctor said, oh, and the guy kept yelling at the doctor again because he wasn't listening. He had to yell at him that they'd lost me so he would stop working on me. So he was yelling at the doctor again. We got her back. And he said, well, don't let this the code people go, the code team. Don't let them go to lunch. So uh, I heard... What was being said once I left my body, so many things happened all at once. I felt weird going out. And I thought, what is that noise? And I was feeling very, very strange. Uh, I would almost say dizzy. Um, and then I realized I was above my body, like I was laying in the air, facing my body on the table. And I I realized myself, I said, oh, I left my body. I had no pain, no pain whatsoever. Oh, oh, I, I had just decided even if I just stay here, I've gone to heaven. I have no pain. And then I looked over my right shoulder, and there was my guardian angel. He looked like the statue, the uh, the. In the, the day the world stood still, he looked like that big robot guy. He did, this, my guardian angel didn't look anything like an angel to me. <laughs> I never would have imagined that. And then I also heard them yelling at the doctor to get his attention to stop because they lost me. I heard the code being called over the intercom. I heard a couple of the code people come in the room, and they physically moved the doctor out of the way. And then uh, all this time, I, I was feeling 
no pain over there. And I said to God, okay, this time if you want to take me, I am most assuredly ready to go, but I'm also most assuredly ready to stay. And so I had this complete conversation with God, with my guardian angel, uh, with myself, on what was happening, what I was feeling. I heard the people talking about it. I heard them. I saw him coming in the room. Uh, I saw the doctor fold his arms over his chest, turn his back to me, and start cussing. He was so pissed at me because I died. I kept dying on him. And so uh, you can tell her he is very aware of everything that happened, of everyone around him. But the most important thing is he is with spiritual beings. Well, spiritual beings are with him. They aren't going to leave him alone. He's never left alone. And then one I I had and I saw Stan and relatives. Uh, it, it, they were all different to me, so I, it depends on the person and what they're expecting at that time, like what Nancy said, I believe. I hope that comforts her. Well, that's that's kind of the gist of what I've been telling her. And uh, I appreciate the confirmations. Um, the, you know, she's been, she's a kid. She's 25. She wants it. She wants it now. You know, she misses her daddy. He was her son and her moon. And she's having to be a grown-up now. And didn't we all go into adulthood kicking and screaming, you know? Okay, we're past the top of the hour, so we're going to put a little tune on here. It's only three minutes. Welcome back to the Say What Show. It is July 24th, 2021. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Christine Co- Christia Cummings-Slack, and Lee Brown. Uh, either uh, I'm assuming you're all back. Maybe, maybe not. But is there anybody that wants to say something more on that particular subject? I'm hearing nothing. So, Christia, are you back? Because I would really like you to uh, read the Matthew Ward uh, messages that for this month, if you're there. Okay, she's not there. I'd be here, but I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I see that Lee's still muted, too. Christia's not back yet. All right, so... Um, I'm here, though. You're here. Oh, okay. All right. So did that, do you think you got something to give her? Did we help out at all? Y'all just basically confirmed for me that I was on track, and that's always helpful, especially when you're dealing with a very 3D kind of gal. Um, I feel for her because she wasn't given any kind of, any kind of spiritual upbringing, not even the tiniest of it. Um, the first time she listened to Aunt Linda was when a friend had passed over and come visit her. And that's when Aunt Linda became a little more interesting, you know? Uh, but she doesn't really have anything to hang anything on. And I, I, I say I feel for her because without being open to the idea of a wider picture, what's the point? becomes my question 
you know? I think being aware that there's more involved here than just being born, going through childhood, suffering through college, high school and whatever college, if that, and then paying bills and getting a new car now and again. There's got to be more. There's got to be a purpose to this whole thing, at least this I believe. I, I can't quite wrap my brain around not understanding how much more is in play on this planet and in the universe. It's kind of scary when you think about where they are. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we can say, oh, God's got your back, you know, you, you're, you're a spiritual being li living in a human body, and, you know, we've got this feeling of attachment to a much greater community than just ourselves. But how scary is it for people that don't have that? I, I wanted to laugh a little. I'm sorry, this is a side comment. I wanted to laugh a little at your conversation when you said earlier about uh, the, the relative that came back in the 90-some-year-old body. Um, and you said, right. how would you recognize them? One time years yeah. and years ago, Cindy always drove a red Camaro. And she looked hot driving this red Camaro. So I always, you know, affiliated Cindy red Camaro. Well, one day this truck pulled up in the driveway. And I, it, it took me a minute to actually recognize Cindy after she got out of the truck. You know, she was wearing a different body. You know? <laughs> our, our vehicles, our, 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 I always explain that our, our bodies are like our vehicles. You know, your, your spirit gets in them and you drive them around for a while. And then you decide to trade up or whatever. But, uh, yeah, just, just being in a wrong being in the wrong vehicle was really off-putting for me. It took me a while to adjust to, wait, you're not the girl in the red Camaro anymore. You're the girl in the black truck. <laughs> it took a minute. It was the 80s, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Did Christia get back? Christia, are you back? Yes. There you go. <laughs> Would you like to read the Matthew Ward? Yes. Okay. Let me find him. <laughs> I, fi I find Matthew to be very, very on point every month. You know, I'm, he talks yes, about the things. I agree with you. I'm just kind of blown away by what, because it's like, it seems to answer if I have a question. It seems to answer it or... So here we go, and if people want to follow along, you can go to matthewbooks.com forward slash July uh, hyphen two hyphen 2021 forward slash. Da, 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 da. Here we go. July 2nd, 2021. Being, reality, illusion, belief. Third density beliefs, clones, fake ET invasion. With loving greetings from all souls at this station, this is Matthew, and this, there's a, this is in quotes. Please ask Matthew to explain how, simply by being, we are helping rid the world of darkness. We are happy to do this. It starts with the profound difference between reality and illusion, and we shall connect the dots that show how essential Simply your being on earth is in helping transform life there. 
When mainstream media consistently reports evidence of a world in turmoil, it is not easy to think of that as illusion, happenings perceived as real but with no basis in reality. That doesn't mean no one is hurting, happy or sad, mourning, lost, confused, impatient, joyful about a birth, angry or distressed, delightfully surprised or disappointed. Feelings are expressions of consciousness, and those aspects of consciousness are indeed reality. Reality is the harmonious coexistence of spiritual clarity and scientific principles of the universe. Reality also can be described this way. Science and spirit are one and the same, the energy of creator, source of everything in cosmic existence. Earth's civilization, which still is predominantly third density, hasn't evolved in conscious awareness sufficiently to comprehend that truth. Consequently, the peoples are living in the world of illusion they themselves have created and believe is real. Belief is what creates each person's reality. What each accepts into his or her consciousness as factual. If an individual has no knowledge of something that does exist, that something cannot be in that person's reality. If someone does have information but doesn't believe it, then it is not true, not real for that individual. When a person believes something that exists only in his or her mind, that is reality to that individual. Let us continue by speaking about third density beliefs that have created a world of illusion on the planet for millennia. The common belief is that each individual is a combination of personality, characteristics, intelligent, talents, interests, ideas, accomplishments, and so forth. And each has, or depending on one's belief, may not have a soul. It is not within most people's reality that each being is a soul, an eternally independent yet inseparable part of the supreme being of this universe and all other souls in this universe. And as souls, they are the pure essence of creator's love light energy. They cannot perceive themselves as multidimensional members of the universe's intergalactic family with innate abilities often ascribed to admirable characters in science fiction stories and TV series. Most of Earth's civilization cannot imagine that prior to birth, they made contracts in which they chose specific experiencing to balance previous experiencing in hundreds, maybe thousands of lifetimes that are happening simultaneously at different locations in the timeless continuum. They cannot imagine being one of the numerous souls that chose to share this lifetime to offer each other circumstances that can enable all of them to evolve. Thus, the majority believe the illusion that when this lifetime ends, they go wherever judgment sends them for forevermore. By living in the illusion that they have no control over what happens, they see themselves and others as victims or victors, winners or losers, having good luck or bad. They see occasional coincidences because they don't recognize happenings as 
synchronous steps in a universal process that keep opening doors of opportunity that are aligned with choices in soul contracts. How could they when soul contracts aren't within their reality? While Earth's populace may not condone treating animals inhumanely or scarifying lands, polluting waters, and otherwise destroying the environment, most don't believe that affects them personally. The reality is animals are souls with a wide range of emotions and intelligence, just as people do. Gaia's planetary body is a sentient being, and so is everything composing the natural environment. Cruelty to and destruction of any part of that integral system of a life produce low vibrations that adversely affect every life on earth and beyond. Now let us speak about belief in the context of what is happening in the world today. That darkness is being brought to light so it can be vanquished and the foundation of earth's golden age is being established are not a reality to those who have heard about it but don't believe it. And there can be no reality to those who have no idea what is transpiring. To most of the civilization, a world in turmoil, citizenries rebelling against leadership, infighting in governments, violence in the streets, droughts and flooding, National economies and personal finances ravaged ravaged by the COVID scrooge is reality and it's understandable that their thoughts and feelings are concentrated on those situations. The energy of those thoughts and feelings in the collective consciousness determines activity in Earth's energy field of potential, which is a reflection of everything happening on the planet. It's the reverse as, as above, so below. That universal law goes hand in hand with the law of attraction that also is in constant motion. Whatever energy shoots up from the planet is drawn to situations with matching energy and those come back to earth. Her human residents are perpetuating the world of illusion that a long, long ago civilization manifested. You, dear brothers and sisters, volunteered to help peoples break that cycle. Let us liken this to an ancient play in which everyone on the planet was in the cast. The actors, the scriptwriters, and production managers changed as generations went by, and the stage props changed too, in keeping with the times, But the plot stayed the same. Throughout the millennia, the play continued running. The writers and managers cleverly controlled the scenarios as the cast slumbered in the illusion that the play was life's reality. You knew better because you viewed parts of the play from your worlds. You knew, too, everyone could awaken by absorbing light, but by following the script they had been given... All actors live in a world of darkness. Out of love, 
for those members of the universal family. You went to live among them and be the light they needed to move out of third density's illusion. You knew you could help them because you are the light, the pure essence of creator's love light energy. You know that about yourselves. They don't know that about themselves. So there you are on the world stage with a new script about the light winning the ages, old conflict between the light and dark forces, the writers and managers who know light is their undoing, scatter, but the cast remains. Simply by your being in their midst, the vibrations of your love light energy flow out and touch them. As the actors waken, they become beacons of light and a force for godliness. And that, dear ones, is how essential you are in helping to transform life on earth. The more thoughts and feelings are focused on love and peace and harmony, the more quickly the population's illusion of a world in turmoil will end. The effectiveness of collectively directing energy toward a light-filled world is in inestimable, inestimable, or Im, imagine, envision a world of people caring for and about each other, a world where resources are equally shared and there is abundance for all. Imagine Earth restored to the paradise she once was and help Gaia's humankind make this their reality. From the beginning of creation, love light energy has been the only source of building materials for everything from a petunia to a planet. And because all materials are love light, it is far easier to create beauty and harmony than to create turmoil, suffering, and disease. Distorting the materials to manifest anything based in darkness goes against the urging from, soul, from the soul to use them within godly intent. Consequence, the inner voice gives guidance as clear as flashing neon signs. And listening to and heeding that guidance is personal ascension, the return journey to everyone's beginning in the Creator. Now then, a number of you have written about several individuals you heard are clones or going to be cloned. That is someone's fanciful thinking. The purpose of cloning is to provide continuity in an influential position. And since Illuminati controlled the laboratories and decided whom they wanted to clone, very, very few persons have been. In some cases, individuals who refused to take part in the dark agenda were forcibly cloned, then killed. The process uses a person's cellular tissue to produce infants that are quickly aged until the clone appears identical to the individual. Then the information in the person's brain is downloaded to the clone's brain in the same way data 
is transferred from one computer to another. That most intricate procedure of the process is done just prior to the clone going public. And it will seem that the person didn't skip a beat in handling leadership responsibilities. Cloning laboratories were closed down about three years ago in a linear time. The Illuminati were decidedly distressed, but that was one of the rare situations wherein their power was worthless. When the scientific expertise required to download information from a person's brain to a clone or from a clone to its successor no longer is available, there is no alternative means where, whereby the process can be continued. Although body doubles or lookalikes have replaced some persons who were assassinated or denied of natural causes, differences from the person's appearance and voice are detectable. And while holograms are an identical likeness, the technology is not widely available, so public appearances are rare. The nefarious reason for deceiving the peoples won't continue a great deal longer, and as far as we know, lightworkers in positions of influence intended to disclose information about cloned individuals impersonators in conjunction with the related revelations. And this is in quotes. I heard the Dark Ones are planning a fake ET invasion. Is there any truth to that? What is true is, producing an ET invasion has been one of the Illuminati agenda for many years as a last resort to attaining world domination. The plan is that the mainstream media would continuously air the terrorized public as military forces fight the extraterrestrial. I'm just going to add, this is my own two cents. I think we've already seen that in several movies. After the invaders are killed, the Illuminati would easily enforce measures to assure everyone's safety in case of another invasion attempt. The measures would render the peoples helpless as the Illuminati carried out their intention to systematically annihilate most and enslave the rest. The original plan had the little gray surfacing after decades of, decades of living underground, but they refused to participate in that dark deception. So the plan was changed to handle the invasion by hologram. Some top-ranking Illuminati may still have in mind doing that, but their control of technological resources is tenuous. If they try anyway, members of the extraterrestrial special forces, whose many services on your behalf have been invaluable, would make sure the invasion would be marvelous entertainment instead of what the Dark Ones have in mind. Beloved family, you are living in a time that is unique in history of the planet, unique in history of this universe. When your Earth journey comes to a close, you can watch this era like an exciting movie and feel forever grateful that you were privileged to be an important part of it. All beings in this universe support you with unconditional love. I do love that guy. You know, he just. Well, you guys talk. What do you? What do you guys? What was your reaction to that information, Christia? You see, it seemed you said that he answers questions that you had. Well, yeah, I just you, you know, I just love it. I mean, it. You know, it just it just makes me feel really good when I read it because it's not new. Again, it's not new information for me. 
But it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, yeah, yeah, it's what I thought. It's just confirmation. And, you know, I think we've all, you know, mainstream uh, movies, we've already, re- you know, we've already done that where the military forces fight the aliens. I mean, we've already done that, like, 80 million times. You can just turn on any sci-fi movie and the bad ETs are coming to get us. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, we've already played that out. So I just love it that, you know, we don't need to, we've already been spoon fed that scenario. So, you know, hoping that the people wake up to it. Um, it's, it's, it's really good. It's good. Well, the dark side has been trying every you know, thing in their playbook and it keeps blowing up in their faces so I'm assuming that if they try this one, they're really going to have a problem, you know because it's just everything blows up in their faces they try to do 5G, it made more people come, you know waking up, now they got this uh, COVID situation, more people are waking up, I was just on uh, Telegram earlier and there's country after country that have massive protests in the streets. France, Spain, England. What was the other one? Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. You know, it's like they're, people are going to the streets and saying enough is enough. So, I'm, I'm very hopeful that people are waking up, but I do have a, a question here. Do you believe in the secret space program there, Christia? Well, you mean, what do you mean? Like the space force that we got going on or that there's always been something on the other side of the moon? The fact that during, after World War II, um, they had so much information, particularly from the Germans, uh, regarding space ability, and they were... Uh, working with ETs that we have fleets of spacecraft up there that are all over the solar system uh, and that I don't know about that but I definitely think we've had contact with ETs I definitely think that's why we have the advancement of technology with um, with our you know the smartphones and the computers now do we have I'm sure there's Americans or humans on spaceships but are they our spaceships i don't know i don't know because i don't know i was listening yeah i don't know i was listening to another guy who um has come out i don't exactly know when but he was uh see see the idea here and this has been going on for quite a well at least a decade of people saying you know i can remember living 20 years in space and I was 10 years old, I got out, they took me out of my body, and I went and did all this stuff, and then I came back, and I was a 10-year-old kid, and now I've lived 20 years of life as a 3D person, but their memories, which were supposed to be erased, um, were, were coming back to them. And this particular man, Rodriguez is his last name, Tony, Tony Rodriguez, he, he said that he had clear memory of them attempting to erase his memory and he said to them I'm, I'm going to remember this you're not going to be able to erase my memory 
and somebody said to him, hey, dude, if you don't let them erase your memory, you're going to get a lobotomy, and you're going to go back, but you're going to be a paraplegic thing. You better get your act in order here. Tell him, yes, I forget everything. I don't know anything. But he was kind of um, a little, obst- uh, you know, let's say, didn't want to go along with that program. So the thing of the, the thing of the, the reason I'm bringing it up is because he said that the difference between him and other people and he went through 20 years of being a slave laborer he wasn't on a spacecraft flying all over the place this was not a good lifetime for him and he said the only thing that that really kept me going was that just before he was abducted his mother started talking about Jesus and she kept saying to him just remember that Jesus is always there no matter what happens Jesus is with you and he does he, he you know he's he, he, he's he basically said to these people Jesus is with me and I'm gonna remember you know even as an adult by that time he had been he actually didn't want to go back because he had finally gotten to a point where his life was okay uh, so then he comes back here and you know he, he's the memories just kept coming back to him and now he's out there helping other people remember and uh, I just wondered if if you had had any kind of an inkling as to whether this story of a secret space program being out there is something that you've connected with Um, apparently not no I mean but I you know I don't that's not my you know that's not my thing you know um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't, you know, nothing surprises me anymore. So I totally believe him. I mean, I don't deny that he's, I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all if there's some crazy stuff like that going on. Cause well, you know, I, I, from time to time I, I have this, you know, I, I sort of like find myself in a spacecraft. And a big spacecraft. <laughs> and sitting there, like, you know, just contemplating whatever. And so I've, I've, most of my life, I've, I've known that there's this other lifetime of mine where I'm on a spaceship. And apparently somebody that's in control of this spaceship. Somebody that's, you know, like the captain of it. And it's just one of those, hmm, you know, I don't get information it's not like it's a spiritual guide or it's just like a memory and one day uh recently i was listening to a program that we had done with walt and walt was telling about uh, a shamanic journey that he made and he ended up on a bridge of a of a ship and there was uh, a woman there and when the woman turned around it was me okay so when I was listening to uh, Tony Rodriguez tell his story, I, st- I started to go like, well, you know, if there's this secret space program out there, what the heck are we doing down here? What is this ascension? What is this concept that we're going to, in some way or another, lead humanity? And There's a secret space program out there. They could fl- snuff us out in a minute. You know, what, what is this game thing we're playing? And I suddenly got this idea in my head that 
you know, maybe those people in the secret space program decided that they needed to wake up humanity. And so they sent people back not with their memories engaged, not immediately, but over when it gets to a certain energy field, oh, I just remembered something, you know? And um, I'm just wondering if it's not tied together in some very kind of a mystical way. Because I've been listening to a lot of really scientifically inclined and like lawyers. When a lawyer suddenly says to me, hey, we're going to have this Nuremberg court thing. We're going to try to get this Nuremberg court thing going, you know. Because we've got all of these things that are happening. And, you know, we know what they are. We don't have to go through them. He said, but the thing that people are missing, this is a very well-known lawyer, the thing that people are missing is a spiritual battle. So even though he is very, I mean, he's taken these cases to court and he's doing all this stuff of crimes against humanity, but, and he said, he's openly said, I would not a year ago have talking, be talking to you about a spiritual warfare. And I just find that I've been drawn to that same conclusion, that it's a spiritual battle. It's a battle between the devil, I guess, and God. Good and evil. I mean, good and evil is very subjective. But we are in a spiritual battlefield. And that's why I think his question that he started with is, what, why do we say that just your being is making a difference? Because in a spiritual warfare, you're talking about energy. You're talking about love overpowering the darkness and the, and the, and the, the emptiness of the darkness, filling it with light, love, joy. And I agree, we're in a, an amazing time. An amazing time and we got a ticket to uh, participate I we should honor that yes and I do believe we're in a spiritual war I think it's ancient I I humans want to call it you know we use hermit human terminology uh, whether or not it is you know but I do believe in, in negative ETs I do believe in uh, um, uh, you could say good ETs and bad ETs. Um, I do believe in lower frequency demons. I personally have been spiritually attacked. Um, I will say this right now. Um, I am not being attacked because I have a huge wall of the light of God. I mean, we're talking a huge wall of the light of God all around my property. All the way up. And um, and I've been consistently clearing myself with the violent flame and running, uh, you know. But the God light is really, really powerful. It's it's really what has probably saved me, honestly, because I was getting attacked consistently, um, and I I did, I just kept praying for guidance on how to. Um, and so the white light of God. Um, but I do believe there it, we are in a spiritual war. And I'm going to say this. 
People can get mad at me, but I'm going to say it. If you are bored with your 3D human life, you are not doing what you came here to do. Okay? You are being spiritually lazy, and I'm calling you out. If you're bored with your 3D human life, you are not doing what you came here to do. And it's you. Well, I think we came to to anchor joy and love. Right. And how can you be bored if you're in a state of joy and love? <laughs> I have Dave. And you have Dave? Yeah. <laughs> He's here. Oh, Dave is here. Yeah. <laughs> What's he have to say? He says, this is the final of the... Uh, the war, the war between good and evil. This is the final battle. And uh, all sorts of beings are fighting this battle. Uh, what we consider to be aliens. And uh, and spirits. uh Spirits who have crossed over, who who want to be in the the spiritual uh, army, have a spiritual army that they're working with the angels. And there's good angels and there's bad angels. It's not just good angels. Uh, he says there is there's a whole bunch of bad angels. Of course, they'll never come to those who believe in God because uh, God created angels to protect us. So our protective angels will be protecting us from the bad angels. As long as we believe in God, if you don't believe in God, then, then you wouldn't believe in angels. So you probably could be attacked by the bad angels, he says. Um, <clears throat> he, of course, cannot tell you <laughs> uh, about what's going on with the battles. We are fighting it by what we are doing here on Earth. There's many people doing many things, many Earthlings doing many different things that they came over here to do to help in this final battle because they all knew over in the spiritual world this is coming up. It's been building up and building up over centuries. Now is the final push. Now is very important to everybody. And Throwing the love blankets or throwing the blankets with the good stuff in it at the evil beings is definitely helping um, to weaken them. And every time they get surrounded or or the blankets are thrown at them and to cover them, they get weaker and weaker and weaker. And he says... If you don't think you're helping, well, 
if you're here and you're human and you believe in God, you are helping. But one of the biggest ways you can help is send love, send all good things, uh, glee, send uh, excitement, fun excitement, and send everything good you can think of to send at them, which weakens them and which makes it easier for the spiritual world to uh, take them out. So we can help in the way that we came here to help, and we can also help by doing the the th- throwing the, the goodness at the bad, the evil. Um, and uh, oh, do I, you make me cry. He says they're still they're still trying to rescue people, children, people. It's all over the world. It's not just in the U.S. It's all over the world. And there's good people, good beings, earthlings, uh, aliens, and spirits who are working to rescue these people. I'm sorry, I get upset every time I think of them having to go through bad stuff. He says, be be cognizant. Evil is more evil than you can even imagine. That you can even rent a movie and see it on the movie. It's more evil than any the baddest thing that you can ever think of. It's more evil than that. It's very important. We keep positive attitudes. We keep doing what we came to earth to do and that we pray. He says, oh, pray, pray, pray. You can never pray enough for the good side. Um, He says, we all chose to come here, so... When I get down about it sometimes, I should remember I chose to come here. So buck up and go for what I came to do. And he says, and that's for everybody else out there. Don't forget, you chose to come here. You chose to help. And that's what we're all doing right now. Huh. And he's he's talking about the popcorn group. Uh, They're really excited at watching the the humans, aliens, and spirits. They're excited about watching these um, events play out that we are doing good in this final battle. And they're excited about that. And they still love, uh, they're all laughing, they still love getting their popcorn and drinks and getting in their groups and watching their TVs, and they consider us their TVs, like those of us who come to Cosmic Reality, (laughs) 
They love watching the show that our show on their TV. Like when we pick a channel and we pick a show we want to watch, Cosmic Reality is one of their shows. <laughs> and they're applauding. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, and that's all for now. Thank you, y'all. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Dave. I love you. And he's on his way to your house, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> you you didn't say it fast enough, Dolph. <laughs> <laughs> I know he moves that fast. Oh, uh, he loves he loves that you got Trumpy Bear, and he says. You can hold Trumpy Bear when you're sleeping. You don't need to put him behind you like you told Dolly. <laughs> Not going to hurt Trumpy Bear. <laughs> Trumpy Bear is a, a bear that Dolly sent me. And I have 22 teddy bears. I've got the first teddy bear I ever got. When I was three years old, my aunt gave it to me. And Trumpy Bear is Trump. Um... I'll have to put it in chat here quickly because we're running out of time. Um, but what happened was that I put in a, a, a Shungite spiral. He, well, he comes with a a flag <laughs> that's inside a pocket under a zipper behind him. And when she, I first got it, she says, well, did you get the flag? No, I couldn't find no flag. Well, finally I saw the zipper and the flag came out of it. So in this pocket, I put a spiral, a Shungite spiral, because, yes, I, I send the, the blankets out all the time, but you have to keep reinforcing it. If it's just you, you have to keep reinforcing it. But as Walt said to me one day recently, well, you know, Shungite works 24-7. So what I do is I, when I send a blanket now, I actually send it through Trumpy, and I say, Trumpy, we're sending a blanket to, to Dolly. And I know that when that blanket goes to Dolly, that programming is in the Shungite spiral. And I don't have to do it again. You know, it's as simple as that. I don't have to do it again. Um, okay, I just put in the chat room the Trumpy doll. And he really, and he's so soft, and he's really very big. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it big. <laughs> And he came with a Trump hat, you know, I mean. And certificate of authenticity. Put, yeah, that he was born on Flag Day. <laughs> what, what, where did you get that? What, was that a Trump, uh, No, uh, thing? I believe it was through ha Amazon. But it took forever to get uh, to you, so I'm afraid of where it came from. But we'll just negate came, that. <laughs> probably. I looked all over to see if there was a tag, yeah. but I didn't find a tag. I love the one with the hat on. Put the one in there with you and him. I love that one. I just love it. He's he's just so squeezy and soft. He's just lovely. And he's got eyebrows. Yep, yep, yep. So, well, it uh, it's a better... See, it's a, you I know, love that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> in my toilet brush holder. 
I was just going to say, it's a better one than the, the, the toilet uh, cleaner. The what brush? Yes, brush. Toilet brush. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so now when I throw the, the shungite uh, blankets, I just put them through the spiral so that it keeps continually doing instead of me having to think, oh, i got to throw another one at Lee Brown. I threw a lot of them at Lee Brown. But now, Lee, you got one that's just going to always be there. And it's up to your, you and your soul whether you take the energies from it or not. It's not like I'm trying to program your life. I'm just no, they're offering. Okay. I got them. Say again? They're all detrumped. I got them. Detrumped? You're detrumped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, see, this, <laughs> this way. Bear. Huh? He makes a very handsome bear. Oh, he's he's cute as um, a little toning from Miss uh, Coming Slack there. Um, actually, we've only got six minutes, so I don't suspect we do. I can do a little six-minute thing. Or okay, do I six do, minutes. I can do, do six. Uh, how about five minutes, and then we got time to say goodbye. I can I can do something. Okay. I can do something really quick. Here we go. Go. I just got to clear my throat. And I just want to say I do this <clears throat> with the divine light of God, white light of God, for the highest divine good of all. Oh,
angelic energy hopefully it'll help people if you're feeling um help you connect thank you thank you that was awesome yes I love okay it. so yeah so Dolly say good night hon good night hon that's getting old. <laughs> Say to your audience, I love you. Oh, me? I hope they yes. know it. I love y'all. Thank you for listening. It never hurts to say it. And uh, thanks for enjoying what Dave shares with us. Dave's saying thank you. He loves us all. Bye from Dolly World. And Christia. Thank you. Love y'all. Grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And Lee, you can have a little bit more time because they were so quick. Well, I'll, I'll say the same thing. Ditto to Christia's and the Dollies. And <clears throat> I did um, find a way to unhijack my website from Adidas. It is not updated, but you will no longer be able to find Adidas sneakers. When you plug in energyweaver.com. So if you're bored, have nothing to do, go to energyweaver.com and learn all that you would want to know and a whole lot more about the right reverend here. And that's in the Thank you. Too. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Christia Cumming Slack has Christina Cumming Slack. We'll see you next time. Be safe, everybody. Love you all. Be full of joy. Bless you. Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. <laughs>